cliffcentral.com. Anyway, we've got Sean Sanders from Revix standing by to give us an update on cryptocurrency, which is always good. So if you haven't uh, liked and subscribed to our channel this morning, you need to do that ASAP. Uh, Flax, do one of those professional YouTube like and subscribes for us quickly, and then we can uh, get to Sean. Here it is. Hey, guys. Uh, you're watching the Gareth Cliff Show live on YouTube. Please go like and subscribe over here for daily notifications. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day. <laughs> there we go. That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what we wanted. All right. Here he is. Sean Sanders is on the show with us this morning. Hey, Sean, how are you doing, bro? Morning, Gareth. I'm good. How are you doing? The crypto market's back. Oh, thank you. God. Yeah, I see that. $34,700 odd dollars. It was at 35 just a little bit earlier, right? Yeah, I mean, the entire market is back up to $1.42 trillion in total value. Ka-ching. And that got as low as you know, $1.1 trillion. So it really has, there's a lot of money that's entered the space this last week. All right. Why is this happening? Is it just a, is this just the counterbalance to all of that negativity that we saw a couple of days ago? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a combination of factors. I think the main one, as per usual, is emotions in the crypto space. People probably became a little bit too pessimistic and you know sold their holdings and you know people are piling back in some other big news though is that you had anderson horwitz uh, the really big well-known vc that's based in san francisco uh, they announced a 2.2 billion dollar cryptocurrency fund oh wow and something that they did, which was quite interesting is they said uh, the size of the fund speaks to the size of the opportunity before us mm-hmm. uh, crypto is not only the future of finance but as with the internet in the early days is poised to transform all aspects of our lives I thought that was quite a quite an interesting quote from you know, the early backers of the likes of Instagram, Spotify, um, and some other big names. All right, I want to ask you some specifics this morning because um, we don't have to talk just about the ups and downs of the market every week. I, I think that's interesting, but it, it's not the it's not the be all and the end all. And there are going to be movements. <laughs> it would be more bizarre if the if the the price of Bitcoin, for example, stayed static for two weeks. That would be much more concerning. Um, what purpose does it serve when you told us the other day China is creating their own version of Bitcoin? Now, there are banks, even ones here in South Africa, that are thinking of starting their own cryptocurrencies. Why would you do that if you were a bank? What, what purpose does that serve, or even a country? Well, for a country, it makes sense, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to kind of make your money evolve, right? You want smarter money, money that you can potentially track, mm-hmm. uh, money that you can allocate to specific uh, areas or sectors. And something else which is quite powerful is you say, listen, you know, if you've got a tender in South Africa, as an example, you would be able to restrict what money that is given to that tender entrepreneur, whatever you want to call that individual, mm-hmm. you could restrict what that money is spent on and you can track where that money goes. So that's quite powerful in that aspect. If you're looking at corporates, looking at trying to create their own cryptocurrency, I mean, it's more from a commercialization aspect, right? So Facebook mm-hmm. has got its own cryptocurrency, like that whole Libra project um, back in the day, which is still sort of moving forward. Um, that allows them to circumvent the Visa and MasterCard transaction fees, which are pretty hefty. I mean, people They're don't realize huge. this. They're Every massive. single time you use credit cards, you pay 2%. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes even a little bit more than 2%. Yeah. So that's quite powerful. Um, if you look at some governments in particular, they're looking at really just digitizing their currencies. So they're looking at taking the RAND or they're looking at taking, and this is through Project Corker that you've heard in South Africa, they're on Project mm-hmm. Corker 2 now. Uh, but they're really just looking at making digital versions 
of their own currencies, which are slightly different to, you know, currencies that are held with the Reserve Bank, which are then issued to send, uh, from, sorry, hold at the Reserve Bank and then issued to retail banks like okay. Standard Bank and F&B and all the rest, and then issued to people. This would essentially circumvent the need to have those retail banks, and you could actually have a bank account or it would feel like a bank account with the central bank, which naturally, you know, there's lower fees because what uh, sort of institution has really big, shiny buildings? Banks. Them, mm-hmm. And that money comes from someone and that's coming from you, really, at the end of the day. So that's the opportunity here. But if you start looking at crypto in particular, I mean, if, you did, if you're in an emerging market, if you're Venezuela, you are in Zimbabwe, you are in hell, I mean, even South Africa to a large extent, right? Your yeah. currency is depreciated over an extended period of time. Sure. I mean, that sucks. Right. I mean, you sitting there, generally speaking, with your home being one of the most valuable assets that you have. But in dollar terms, that's actually depreciated over the entire period that you've owned it unless you've lived in a really good area. So people are kind of sick of that. And that's the entire idea behind the likes of Bitcoin in particular and Litecoin is that maybe there's another currency out there that, you know, you could potentially transact with that isn't going to be uh, deflationary over time. Um, or the, sorry, that isn't going to depreciate over time is rather going to be deflationary. And that's one of the things that you're looking at here. So that's why you're seeing Anderson Horwitz uh, into the space as well. Okay. Um, what about the, the benefits of applying blockchain within any industry? I mean, you don't have to establish a cryptocurrency, but the, the, the effect of blockchain is that you'll have honesty or at least you have a record for everything that's going on in that blockchain. Is that, so the, is that, I, I is that the obvious answer? Or, or is it, I mean, like in, in, in every industry that you could possibly think of, there's probably an application. So yeah, I mean, you can't apply blockchain to everything, right? It's kind of like wanting to apply digitization to absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, blockchain is actually pretty clunky. They're pretty slow. And the reason you'd want a blockchain, yeah, it's probably because you need to have something that is immutable. So a record of transactions that are going to be there forever and that no one could alter. And you don't need that in every single uh, industry or, you know, situation. So I think it's quite important to understand that because a lot of people say, you know, listen, I want to build the blockchain for this and the, you know, the blockchain of that. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you really want a blockchain for, it's something that like for land registries or for past transactions that have occurred where no one could ever go and alter those. Um, so that's really the power behind that. I mean, blockchain is transformative. Yeah. I don't think people quite understand just how big it is because today we're very used to relying on some corporate, right? So you rely on Nike to tell you, listen, these shoes yeah. are you know, coming from factories that don't have child labor, et cetera, et cetera. In the future, that's not well, up to the company to, to assure you, right? That's up to technology. So, so Monica, who's listening right now, she says, is digital currency the same as crypto? That's a good question. No, so... This is actually a big misconception in the market and misunderstanding as well. Digital currency incorporates cryptocurrency as one area and then central bank digital currencies as a completely separate area. Mm. So every central bank that I know of, uh, that's the Bank of England, that's the Chinese central bank, the US. I mean, they've all got some digital currency project on the go, but every single one of them are slightly different in their end goal. Um, you know, there's a big privacy concern. If yeah. a central bank is able to track exactly where money is, right. you know, essentially that money is theirs more than anything else. You might be using it, mm-hmm. but it's essentially their money, which is obviously, you know, the Americans are far more libertarian than let's say the Chinese on average. That's so there's amazing. concerns and questions around that. But I think the big idea behind this is like, you know, if you think about a RAND that you have today, instead of that RAND being given to you by Standard Bank or by FNB, mm-hmm. because essentially that's how money really gets into the system through debt. 
um, it would be issued directly from the central bank and you would be able to have a loan potentially directly with the central bank amongst the whole host of other factors. Uh, digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, if you want to look at them in particular, they're completely separate to countries and you know other sovereign entities and whatnot. Carla says it's so funny. It's like Bitcoin recovers every time just before Sean comes on. Well, then we've got to keep having him on, right? <laughs> um, Amen. So, so Sean, will I mean this is interesting? Will will cryptocurrency become a special loan arm for countries with someone like the IMF or the World Bank? How do you think that might work? Because you know, there's always talk of South Africa borrowing from the IMF. Um, there are lots of countries in the developing world that are doing exactly that, and the World Bank, and even the BRICS Bank. How do you think that might work? I don't think we're going to be borrowing in cryptocurrencies as we know them today. They're just too volatile for a central bank to to own as a currency right now. I do think you will see uh, national reserves start including Bitcoin within the next few years. I mean, you've seen El Salvador come out to say, listen, you can accept Bitcoin as legal tender, which is huge news. Uh, you've seen Paraguay. They've seemed to come on board. They haven't announced that it's legal tender yet. But slowly but surely, you're starting to have these different countries that are saying, hey, listen, our currencies suck. Like, we're not going to say that to the public, but our currencies suck. They depreciate every single year. and No one wants to hold them. We've got exchange controls in place to try to prevent people from running out of the country with their money. Uh, yeah. Let's rather introduce this alternative digital currency that isn't the dollar. Because the big concern with using the dollar, I mean, what is the U.S.? Like 22, 23% of the world economy from a GDP standpoint. And they make the dollar makes up over 70 or 80% of global trade. I mean, that just doesn't really and, make sense. And, 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 and the, countries the like, way things are going yeah. in America at the moment, there's going to be a huge inflation in that dollar soon. And and once that starts happening, the, the value of the dollar is also going to drop. So for people who trade in the dollar, not necessarily the best way to keep your money stable. No, definitely not. I mean, we said this on the show about two weeks ago. I mean, you had 18% of all dollars in circulation today printed within the last 12 months. <laughs> that is insane. That's never happened before, right? Yeah. So you've got this world currency, and now you've printed a whole bunch more of it. Mm. I mean, we've never been through this experiment before. Let's see how it plays out. But that's really one of the reasons yeah. why alternative currencies which seem absolutely crazy to some people, right? And we understand that at Revix, we'll deal, we'll deal with people every single day that'll say like, this is all just magic internet money. You can just make more of it. Um, but when you've got like the likes of Bitcoin or Ethereum that's been around for some time now, you've got a lot of development happening in the space. I mean, it's, it's like the light, bulb, the light bulb comes on and it's exciting. Yeah, and wouldn't you rather have a, you know, a bunch of people who are privately trading with their own money and, and turning it into, uh, you know, value on the internet, digital value. Wouldn't you rather have that in a decentralized system than some person who's the governor of a reserve bank somewhere just printing money? Yeah, without a doubt. And the other thing a lot of people say to us is they say, but there's nothing that backs Bitcoin or there's nothing that backs Ethereum. And we have to disagree because you say, listen, think about some of the most valuable companies in the world, right? Think about what Facebook that owns WhatsApp and owns Instagram. Yeah. Like a big part of Facebook's value is that network that they've created. I mean, mm -hmm. telephones are useless unless yeah. there's a network, right? And when you start thinking about digital currency, the adoption, the regulation, you know, even that which you've seen in South Africa, like there's been increased regulation. And I mean, we could speak about those KG brothers. Uh, which has really not done the, the industry much oh a favor this last week. We have to talk about that. So just quickly throw that in there. These two dudes, they were they started their own um, cryptocurrency platform, and they were they were taking deposits from people, 
And uh, those people then had wallets that showed a, a, a balance of, of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever they were selling. And then these two just gapped it and shut down the whole thing and took everybody's money with them. Yeah, it seems the entire story is completely exaggerated. I mean, it started off where these brothers had lost Sorry. five billion. The company is called AfriCrypt. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm busy. AfriCrypt. I'm busy dying this morning. Um, the company is called AfriCrypt. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just one of those things where... You know, it started off where guys, and apparently these were all high net worth individuals, they had deposited billions of rands, and then it went to billions of dollars. And all of a sudden, there's this $5 billion billion cryptocurrency platform in South Africa. Like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know about these guys at all. And they were moving money through the traditional banking system. So they were different to MTI, uh, Meritrading International, which was that big scam of last year, Mm -hmm. in that Meritrading International only accepted Bitcoin. AfriCrypt accepted bank deposits through FNB. And for some reason, just FNB let them do this, which I sat sat there scratching my head being like, listen, we're a legitimate platform, right? We spend a lot of time with our bankers. It is a painful process dealing with banks. I've been quite outspoken about just how painful this has been. And there's no way you can start moving 20, 30 million rand every single day through the banking system without some really big red flags. But apparently these guys are doing that. Anyway, now the entire story has changed because, you know, they kind of... They've announced that they were hacked, apparently hacked air commerce, and the money is now gone. And now the amount seems to be $5 million. So from $5 billion to $5 million, quite it's a quite jump. a big jump. Yeah, and just just so that everyone understands as well, because you know, often we just throw out terms of you know, five, or we'll throw out terms of billions versus millions. Uh, in time terms, right, a million is 11 days. Mm-hmm. You guys can look this up. This is quite crazy. A million, what, um, a million, a million minutes is, is how many days? Sorry, 11 million, let me say this correctly, 11, uh, sorry, a million in second terms mm-hmm. is 11 days. Mm-hmm. A billion in second terms is 31 years, 31.4 years to be exact. Jesus. So it's a huge difference. That's the difference so between millions to billions. Are, are these guys just bullshitters? I mean, is that is that what's going on here? Do Is it all made up? I mean, where did this come from? How, how can you swap numbers like that and just expect everybody to go, oh, okay, well, you, you just, you added an M instead of a B or a B instead of an M. I have no clue who reported this to start with. Uh, I had a whole bunch of journalists call me trying to say, like, listen, Sean, give us your perspective of what's happened. And I was like, I don't know how these guys would have moved this much money through the banking system in South Africa. Mm. That's my first question. So I was like, no, this, this seems like a fictitious amount. Um, and then the amounts just came down and down and down and down. But apparently the brothers, I mean, the brothers are super young. Eh? You're mm. dealing with guys that are like 21, 22 years old. And you know that should be a bit of a red flag to start with. But anyway, to... To kind of get over that, the money seems to have been lost. And it's again, you know, it's the regulators in South Africa are angry at the industry. They're clamping down. You know, we obviously, you know, with some of the other bigger platforms in South Africa, we're talking to the regulators saying, like, listen, you know, this is another reason why we need regulation and why we actually need to have, you know, some sort of a, if it's a regulatory body or somebody that just looks at the custody of these platforms, because people don't realize, you know, money laundering and stuff, whatever, that's, I guess, governments needing to protect the financial system. Cool. Mm. If you're looking then at protecting customer funds, how do you custody customers' cryptocurrency is probably the most important question you can ask. And that's something which right. well, obviously these guys will I'm, I'm annoyed by this because people just can't behave themselves. And then what do we do? We look to government to regulate things. And that's not the best answer. But ugh, I, I wish people could just behave. Thanks, Sean. We're out of time, I'm afraid. We'll have to catch up with you next week. Revix, R-E-V-I-X dot com. And you can go and sign up to Revix for free. Verify your ID. Add some funds, not billions. 
uh, not even millions. Just add whatever you're comfortable with. Could be 500 rand, for heaven's sake, and select the bundle of your choice to start playing around in the world of cryptocurrency. You don't want to be missing out on all of the excitement that's going on around this. And there really is a lot of excitement. Uh, we're at just over $34,500 of Bitcoin as we speak to Sean this morning. And um, you know how it's gone all the way up to 60. It's gone all the way down. Uh, this year is going to be a fun year to be involved in cryptocurrencies. Thank you, Sean. And we'll make sure we check in with Revix again next week. Very good. Cliffcentral.com.